0: Listening to the Open Tab
1: Podcast. So crack one open. And
0: stay a while. All right, we're back. Finally, long time coming. You know, we're, you got to be used to this right now, It's Open Tab Faithful, that we're just two busy guys, you know? So a couple. Uh, weeks off here, but we're back at it. Another episode of the OTP, live and direct, coming from the Yotis Studios in an undisclosed location. Basically a secret
1: lair that no one would ever know about. And we're back. Vinny, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, actually, I was just tired of looking at your stupid fucking mug. That's why we haven't recorded in like two months or whatever it was.
0: Well, yeah, so I got a haircut. <laughs> I got a haircut, sent uh, a picture to Vin. He said, you know what? I think we should record again. <laughs> so he was ready to see me again. We're back.
1: There's been a lot of news. A lot of stuff has happened since things. our. Games. I that think our last
0: day. episode was like week what five of the of uh, the football season. Week six of the football season. Yeah, it was like I think uh, uh, end of September maybe
1: first week of October. So,
0: so now we're in the middle of uh, the playoffs. We got the Super Bowl coming up. We're gonna give you. Uh, we're gonna touch on the Super Bowl later in the show. We got some time between now and then. Obviously, the two week thing uh, gives you a little bit of blue balls. You got to wait uh, a full week for the Super Bowl, which I think some people think it's a good thing. I I, I don't. I, I like, don't. I think that it should just like while the momentum is, high, yeah, just go right into it. I mean, people don't in this day and age. Number one, people don't want to wait. Obviously, people are gonna watch the Super Bowl, but I don't think you need two weeks to to build the buzz around the Super Bowl. I guess it allows
1: teams to get healthy again. Like I guess that's something Travis Kelsey has been playing like with a bum knee or whatever it is, ankle like the last I guess the whole playoffs and like I guess you want to give teams a chance to like recoup. But still I, I think most people would rather it just jump right into the next week and I don't think it'd make that big of a difference. That and the uh
0: college football championship, that is ridiculous the break they have. Like Well it's like two weeks. They get like thirteen day they get like seventeen days in between uh yeah, I, also,
1: I forget, I feel like the season is over, and then all of a sudden, like...
0: Wasn't yeah. uh the the semifinal, like, the, before Christmas, and then it was, like, 10 days after, was... Just, yeah, just I despicable. think there is like, a two-week. Just yeah. despicable. Enough with the hype. Get the games going. People care about it more in the moment. People, in this day and age, people are moving on. So, like, this Super Bowl, if it's not a great game... People be ready to kill it right away. Because why? Because you let you give too much expectations. Two weeks worth of time for people to think about it, people to put irrelevant wagers on it. All this stuff. And, and obviously it's a money thing, it's a media thing, but I just hate it. All right, and enough of that. There's there's bigger news right at the moment. There's stuff that I'm me and Jonas have been going back and forth about this for a while now, and I'm sure you guys have as well. The Houston Astros debacle dilemma. Yodas, where do you stand on this whole thing? And, and break it down in, in your terms, uh,
1: what you think about this this cheating scandal. Uh, I think everybody, unless you're uh, Jessica Mendoza, I think everybody totally denounces what they did. I think it's like, clearly clearly they weren't the only team that did it. Like I think you have to be kind of stupid to believe that they were the only team... That was involved. Well, we know we know that they were not right. Like, well, no, I'm saying I think it's even more widespread than even the Red Sox and the Astros. Uh, I think maybe not. It wasn't being done the same way, um, but over the years with the advances in technology, somebody down the line has been doing this for a long time, or teams in general have been doing this, and I think they all were breathing a sigh of relief. when the Astros were basically. I don't know thing. though. Like the way some of these
0: players, like these. Uh, Players from other teams have been reacting. It hasn't been like they—they're surprised. I mean, they're not surprised. Like they—they've like the, acted with outrage. They're acting like, you know, these guys should be banned. The players should be punished too. Like players are saying this. I've seen players
1: say this. So it's for me, it's like it's a tough one. Like I guess one thing. Well, one thing that uh, Trevor Bauer and uh, Mike Clevenger have been adamant about for a long time is that the Astros. Uh, all of a sudden, they turn around. Everyone, everyone who goes there to pitch, their career is either revived or or uh, turned around in a, a crazy way. So I don't know. I, I I feel like what's the deal with that though? Like, how is that helping the pitching? Oh no! I think they were just saying that they were also. Like doing some crazy weird shit with the so they just steps. smell they just smell so, shit. All yeah, because I remember Trevor Bauer taking a lot of shit from people. Like he was talking about like the spin doctors and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, as far as the the video and the the cameras in the outfield recording the signs, that's ridiculous. I mean, how could you have any other opinion on that? It's totally not. Actually, I will say this: it's good for baseball in the sense that. People are actually talking about baseball in December and January because this is – and not to uh, change the subject, but this has been uh, probably the quickest it felt like offseason. Like, we're a couple of weeks away from spring training. Now. Yeah, yeah. So, maybe it was because of the fact that we've been talking about baseball for the months that we usually are locked in on football and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, it was a quick offseason, and I think that this is good for baseball because – it's so this so this is the take from Yotis. This cheating scandal,
0: this, which by many accounts disgraced baseball, to you this is a positive? For as far as getting people talking and interested, yes. You think people are interested now because of this scandal? I think
1: it creates a villain. Like Baseball never really had a villain. You know what I'm saying? Like in so the you NBA, think people will be
0: watching the Astros this year hoping you're, they suck?
1: you? You always are an advocate for NBA drama, right? It's mm-hmm. good for the league. This is exactly that. Yeah, but I mean, this is this is exactly this is, that. This would be like. But since when have you this ever This would be like attention? if we found out if we found out
0: LeBron James was like going to the scores table and adding timeouts and fa- or fouls to the like, you know what I mean? Like, this is just beyond. Well, drama. let's just get this. this. Is, let's just get this, this straight. Is flat out. Let's cheating. just get this straight. Yeah,
1: it's cheating. Absolutely, they should be. Punished. This is worse than counting cards at the at the, at the blackjack table. They should be. Uh, Fully punished, which I think that it was fair. What what they did, it was it was fair. I, I didn't even expect them to be that harsh, but I think everyone needs to take a backseat and relax a little bit to this because we ever, anyone who's played baseball knows they cheated the, and 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 the excuse that well they didn't win the World Series this year and they've lost in this and their their road splits are are better than their home splits doesn't matter you you tried to cheat in an effort to to win and doesn't matter about the outcome, you cheated. But I will say this anyone who has played baseball, that's not a full guarantee knowing what pitch is gonna come in. you're gonna be I successful. mean it's not, but at the
0: major league level, I think it's a completely different ballgame. Oh, league. it's a major advantage. I mean it's, I'm saying it, that I'm it, just saying it's like an extra it's like an extra thirty percent chance of getting hit if you know what pitch is coming up. No,
1: I, I fully agree. I'm just giving playing a little devil's advocate because we can bash them all we want they I did. think it's and different it's
0: I think it's different than like you can you can make that argument with steroids because obviously steroids if you gave 100 baseball players steroids not all 100 are going to perform the same way as the best guy right so that argument that argument holds for the steroid scandal but for this cheating thing throw everyone under the bus anyone who gets caught red-handed in this should face heavy suspension and I'm talking players too I'm sorry you have to set a precedent right now that this isn't going to get, this isn't going to spread. And you know what? You could say all you want that uh, they got caught and nobody's going to do this again. In this day and age, with this technology that we have, there's—I'm sure there are sneakier ways of going about this. I'm sure there are ways that teams can implement sign stealing that they're—they're not going to get caught as easily, like some guy by some guy, some Yankee fan on Twitter, which is
1: basically how this guy got caught. Well, because I think their method. They were like ninety percent to the perfect scheme to to uh, basically steal signs, and then you add in the banging on the garbage can, and that's like medieval. That's really caveman. It's status. really driving it's the like, point home. It's like we have all of this technology to be able to do this, and we're gonna be like swinging a bat on a trash can. I think that that was probably their only mistake. Is that I don't think anyone you can't you can't figure it out if you had some sort of I, there's got to be the only thing that gave, gave the, the only
0: thing that really gave it a, gave them away was how good they were let's be honest like obviously if, if to say like a, a mediocre baseball team last year got caught I, I don't think a mediocre team would get caught doing this i think the, on, the only way to get caught doing this is to run buckshot through major league baseball drive the ball out of the ballpark and key spot like that Altuve home running is Yankees and i'm and we're not Yankee fans here but I mean, the guy looked like he knew he was hitting. He was hitting it out before he even swung the bat. Even he's five
1: foot six. Even funnier. I mean, yeah, I don't know if we can. You can tell with the naked eye, like, all right, Jose Altuve is an all-world all player. You know what I'm saying? He could. He could hit a slider out of the ballpark for sure. Well, it's not. He didn't do anything magnificent or out of this world. But I think what was funnier was what was uh, Chapman's reaction to it. He like turned around and just smiled like. I don't know, like, like, the Yankees have been on them, really. They said that, I mean, and the Yankees have accused the Red Sox of it, too. And if I'm not mistaken, the Yankees also were accused of it with Apple Watches and some mm-hmm. shit. Like I said, I think the whole league is, is relieved that the Astros, if you're, unless you're the Astros, obviously. The rest of the league is relieved that they were the ones that got thrown under the bus. And really, Mike Fires, Mike Fires is the key to all this. He's the key witness. The whistleblower. He's the state's best witness against the Astros. I mean, he, he really uh, basically broke it down to a science. He was the last,
0: he was the last witness in that episode of Law & Order when you know there's three minutes left in the episode and you know that guy's going to get some... He's either going to give it all up right now and
1: sell somebody out or he's going to try to shoot the, uh, the lawyer and get caught in the middle of the, the episode. Like, yeah, but getting back to why I think it's good for baseball is because you always advocate, and I and I say, oh, it's a fucking drama. Yeah, but this You're isn't this isn't the type of drama. What have, have you? What have you seen a baseball player go on Twitter and absolutely you, tear up? Do you do you think another that, team will play? Do you Never. think that someone on the Astros will get thrown at or something like that? Yes, right? absolutely. Because of this. Yes, yes, I think one. Right. But I think that uh, it's not going to be. Uh, like a widespread thing. I think I think you can see the Yankees taking a shot. I think I can see that. I can see uh, Mike Clevenger just going out there with a Mike with a Clevenger, bat. yeah. I can see somebody like on the Indians because they seem to have beef with the Astros. But I think it's all going to blow over again. But it's good for the league because now there's a villain to where the league has really never seen. Usually it's been strictly... Your rival team, right? And it's not Uh, the Yankees for a while,
0: I feel like, had that villain stigma. But you know, they always do. I agree. This this is just like the unanimous dislike. This is like uh, a LeBron hate. Yeah. I think the Astros are going to have to blow up this whole team now. Like, they're not going to be able to just do, you know, business as usual, walk through. Obviously, they lost their manager and and their GM, which, you know, that, that alone could cause big problems. But they're not going to be able to go forward with this with this current team the way they are. They're going to have to blow this whole thing up and act like it never happened if they want. As an organization, like it's such a bad look for the organization. I don't really believe in the whole like giving back the championships and stuff like that. I mean, I don't, I don't think it does anything. I don't think it matters. If I'm a fan of the Astros, I'm not going to wake up and forget that World Series run. If I'm a baseball fan who watched the World Series last year, I'm not going to wake up and just act like that World Series didn't happen, that season
1: didn't happen, because we might as well just scrap the whole season That if we can't count a World Series better. Well, listen, also, I think, the Astros, let's not Let's not uh, forget, they're an extremely talented team. Well, that's what makes this a lot um, more annoying. That's what makes this a lot more annoying, because you
0: could argue that this team is the most talented team without that. You can argue that well, yeah, no, offensively they're...
1: pitching the whole nine yards, they were stacked. Regardless, yeah, the, the, the team is... The team. Who's to say that they wouldn't have won or been in the World Series this year? They're an extremely, extremely good team. I disagree that you have to blow up the team for this because we've seen this before. The New England, I don't the New England Patriots have been accused multiple times in multiple years for the last. This year, is almost two decades. worse. To me,
0: this is worse. To me, this is worse. This is in-game cheating. This is like. Uh, this is like having a line on a live bet or something like that, and, and finagling it so you know the you know the line's wrong. You place the bet, you place it, you max it out. You know what I mean? Like it's in game cheating. It's like counting cards at the casino, except worse than that. I, I don't I don't think there's anything we can compare this to. Yeah, there's been cheating in sports. You can go all the way back to Shirley Joe Jackson. I mean, we all remember that that lovely uh, fiasco. I, I remember. I think it was in second
1: grade for that. But I, I think I think that's more of a sure thing, though, what they did, like throwing a, a game is much more of a sure thing than saying, "Well, I know a curveball or, or a slider is coming, and I'm gonna try to hit it." You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think throwing a game, I can, you, if you're if you're a bookie and you walk up to somebody and you ask them to throw the game, it's much more likely that you'd have confidence that they can do that successfully than if somebody said... I agree. I'm going to steal signs and maybe I'll hit, you know, a double because I I know a curveball. I agree, but that's like... I mean, I'm by no way condoning what they did. No.
0: I'm I'm not like outrage police where I start screaming, like, oh, how dare them give back their titles. Like, I understand if you're a Yankee fan, a Dodger fan, or a team that got beat by the Astros in the way to World Series. But... I think it's time they get punished. They're going to have this stigma around them. We'll see what you, uh, your theory, how that works out about, uh, you know, this being actually good for the league. Because I, there, it is an interesting point. I mean, we haven't seen this type of national news break out about baseball in a long time. And it seems like that's the only way we're, there will be big news about baseball. I think the only time people care about baseball on ESPN or, or national media is like, if a guy gets a $500 million contract, because that's the only sport where we can hand those type of contracts out in America, or uh,
1: a big cheating scandal like steroids or uh, or this, so... Well, I remember back in the day, Baseball Tonight, like, when I was growing up, Baseball Tonight was really big on ESPN, like, mm-hmm. I looked forward to Baseball Tonight. That was on Tonight. every night. That was like, on every night. Twice. And now, like, they've they just decided, I guess, you know, ratings-wise and stuff, it's not good. So... That's the only reason I say like this might bring some attention back to baseball in, in terms of uh, the casual fan having somebody to root against. You know, what we'll, we'll see. What, yeah, I agree. We'll see what we'll see what uh, MLB
0: tr- chooses to do with this. Like, are they going to put the Astros in the first like Sunday night baseball game of opening opening weekend just to get the ratings? Like, we'll see how they try to capitalize on it. Um, they did win the World Series last year. They haven't been, you know, they haven't been stripped of those titles so. There's still, uh, there, there's interest there. We'll see what happens. But moving on in relation to this, the New York Mets have to throw themselves <sighs> in the controversy. It's almost like the Mets decided, hey, there's no, you know, it's kind of a dead time in sports. There's no football right now. It's, college football's over. and Let's just put a, a fiasco in the middle of, the, of of all of it. Let's just throw some, some bullshit out there that gets the attention on us for the wrong reasons for the 800th time. Like, are they capable of just staying quiet and not doing anything? Are they capable of doing that?
1: I can't remember, though, uh, like the past, like, two, three years. Ever since the Mets in the World Series, and obviously the Yankees make their playoff runs, but nothing compared to what they used to do. I can't remember a time when, collectively, New York sports was not spoken about like it is now. Like No one ever in the mainstream media has any reason to care about New York sports. No, no, they're all they're all
0: horrific. I mean every team besides the Yankees is horrific and even the Yankees, I mean, for their standards, they're not they haven't delivered in in over a decade. So it's real downtime for New York sports, but it's just it's just another day at the office for the New York Mets. It's like they're not they're not even close to the biggest problem in New York sports right now, but they act they put themselves in that conversation with horrible public relations, horrible PR, horrible communication to the fans. No transparency. Everything is swept under the rug and and, and hidden. Whereas if they just came out and said, listen, we don't want to deal with Beltron anymore. We don't want to deal with him. He hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't managed a game. We don't want this stench from another organization of this scandal spreading to our team and dealing with that distraction all year. If they said that from point blank from the beginning, I'd have no problem with this. I really wouldn't. It's not like... Carlos Beltran is Sparky Anderson or, you know, even Joe Girardi. Like these are these are managers that you know, if you have them in your clubhouse, you have a better chance of winning. Carlos Beltran, in a month's time, he could have been a fiasco, he could have been a, a a joke anyway. Like I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me a month into the season that Carlos Beltran was in over his head and had no idea what he was doing. Like I couldn't even picture the guy being a manager from the from the jump. I agree with the idea of letting him go because I don't think that. A team like the Mets can go into a full season with this type of baggage. Like, if this was the Yankees or the St. Louis Cardinals or like a a sturdy organization that knows how to handle themselves in the front office, I'd have no problem with them keeping Carlos Beltran if they thought that was a guy. But this is the Mets. Okay, they don't know their ass from their elbow, and they can't go into a season with people. Asking questions about anything that can distract from the from the objective, which is simply win baseball games, Carlos Beltran would be nothing but baggage to start the year, and he's not proven enough to the point where I care. Like I really
1: don't care to lose a guy who hasn't managed a game yet. I'm sorry. I will say this: I disagree with you on the point that uh, that fired him was good, and I'm gonna. And this is why the whole uh, sign stealing story came out. Around November, if I'm not mistaken, it was like a, it was like the week he got hired that I remember this stuff coming out. So, I don't believe the Mets are dumb enough to not have brought that up in the interview. And say, I believe, I believe, it. I I believe say, it. No, no, no. Listen and say I'm going to give them more credit than that. And say, hey, Carlos, what's you know what's the deal with this? What would happen? So, based on that, and giving them the benefit of the doubt that they actually did speak to Beltron about this. They still hired him, right? So at that point, you, you've you shown faith that, okay, this is all right. It'll be okay. We're going to hire Beltran. He's going to be our manager. Now the, the report, uh, the commissioner releases the report, and it has Beltran's name, and it probably the only player, it was the only player that they put in the report. The only, He was an active player during this whole scheme. That's another thing. Like, why is he the only player getting named? E- but even then, it doesn't matter. I think it's really, really not a good look. It's a worse look than hiring a guy and firing him. It's a worse look, in my opinion, to do that than to then say, you know what, we hired him, we knew about this, but we're going to fire him for the public image because his name was in the report, and we don't want to be connected to that. So basically, to me, what they said was, if Beltran is not listening to the report, he's going to be our manager, and we're going to pretend like this didn't even happen. So that's kind of slimy to me, too. That shows that they don't really have integrity. As well, the question grandchild. the question we really What needed... they should have done is said, your name is in the report. We knew about this. We, we've spoken about this. We have faith that, that uh, you've learned from the, the mistake. And we're going to go forward with that. And you're our manager. I would have said they have balls for doing that, and that's a good move. Them firing him for public image, and it's a re- totally reactive move to do that. I think that if you, they would have went in and said, "Carlos Beltran is our guy. Uh, he, he's gonna. He learned from this. He, he's not gonna do it here. We have faith in him that he's gonna lead this team to a successful run," that to me, would have been uh, more respectable than them fired him only because he was in the report. That's kind of stupid to me. My
0: thing is, all right, are we ever gonna actually know if they knew beforehand? Like, no, we're never going to find that out. We're never going to know if the the Mets were aware of the situation before uh, they hired Carlos Beltran. The other thing is, if you – yeah, I hear what you're saying, like, oh, this is our guy, we stand by him. Why do you have – like, this is like a guy who doesn't have the resume to be – like, he doesn't have the resume to be a baseball manager. Yeah, he was a player, but he wasn't a coach. He just retired a year ago. He never had the personality, in my opinion, of a, ma- of a future manager. And now, the guy's involved in one of the biggest cheating scandals in baseball history. It, like I said, it's not like this is, uh, you know, Jim Leland or uh, Joe Girardi or an established manager that you're willing to stick your neck out on the line for. This is an unproven manager, a guy who basically lied on his resume. He didn't mention something that he probably should have mentioned. And him not mentioning it, and if the Mets not knowing, that's that's both of them are wrong. If the Mets are unaware of it and they hired him, they're wrong on that front. And if Beltran knew that this stuff was coming down the pipeline and he didn't say anything, he's wrong. So at the end of the day, it's just like a, a bad start. It was a bad first impression, and I have no problem with them letting him go. I, w- I just wish they, they had done
1: their due diligence beforehand and didn't get involved with it in the first place. I don't disagree that maybe he wasn't the best choice to be manager, but you hired the guy. And like I said, this whole story broke before they hired Beltron. So you're telling me that – I don't believe – I don't buy that that they didn't speak to All right, right, it's more like
0: this. Think of it this way. Say you have a football player, undrafted uh, rookie. You like him a lot. You want to play him at receiver. He gets a DWI his first week. Then you have a, a seven-year veteran who's been on your team – Or a guy who's been in the NFL for 12 years. Same position, maybe slightly less potential. But you sign him anyway because the guy has a reputation in the league and you know what you're going to get from him. When you have baggage from a guy who's unproven, it becomes too much. It becomes unnecessary. And and you could say, oh yeah, they thought he was the guy, blah, blah. There's 50 other guys that you you can... Argue are going to be as good as Carlos Beltran. You just don't know when it comes to baseball. Matter like they just hired Luis Rojas. We can sit here and pretend like we we think this guy's going to be a good man. We don't know. If anything, this guy is more proven to me because he's actually coached in, in dugouts before and been in, in minor league and major league dugouts and coached. I mean, I, I totally agree that. I just know, think if this was if, no if this match. was Joe if this was Joe Girardi. I would, I would be more willing to take your stance. But like this is a guy who had an opportunity. The Mets went out on a limb, hired an inexperienced manager because they thought he was the guy, and then it turns out the guy was corrupt and had, and had baggage. So I have no problem cutting ties. I wish they would have known beforehand or at least done some due diligence beforehand. I have no problem getting rid of him. Like I said, if this was Joe Girardi or... Uh, that's the guy we wanted, right? That's the guy Mets fans wanted, Joe Girardi. They would have gone to bat for him. They would have gone to bat for a manager that they know the people wanted. I don't think the reception was great about Beltran getting hired in the first place. I don't think people were jumping for joy anyway. So I think it's a really, you know, low risk move to cut him loose. I don't think um, the guy was ever gonna be, you know, take baseball by storm. And who knows, maybe his number one selling point for being a manager was this sign stealing shit that he was gonna bring
1: to the Mets. I'm almost but- positive when they hired him, Brody mentioned his ability. To uh, something regarding picking up signs and stuff, pitch I, I tipping and stuff Hitch like t- that. So, do not bring that shit to me. And they makes- didn't speak to this guy about it. That's what looks so bad. Bottom line, they look like a bunch of pussies for hiring this guy and then firing him because they think it'll look bad in the public. I think the fact that it took them three days. Do you think MLB, Jim Crane, Jim Crane. Do you think MLB applied any pressure? Like I don't know, but Jim Crane, the owner of the Astros, it was an hour after, an hour after MLB uh, released that report. They fired Hinch and Lunau, two World Series winning uh, co- uh, manager and executive. So why did it take the Mets three days to fire Beltron? They were deliberating how it was going to look in the public and what their reputation would be that, well, we hired this guy after the story broke. It's not like Beltram's been managing for a couple of years and then they they uh, this report came out and they were like, listen, we we can't go forward with you. This is we, we don't need this. They hired him, they knew damn well. I don't think that when any manager is getting vetted, you're not asking around the league about this guy. Not only that, but they probably directly asked him, yo, what's the deal with this? I, I don't buy the fact that they didn't know. So I think it looks bad that they fired him because of public pressure. And now you just hired a manager a couple of weeks before spring training. Just a mess. Just, just a mess. They don't uh, even, I mean, they Self inflicted wounds, though, so not even surprised by it. There were many other candidates. That's why I agree that. There was no reason to hire Beltron. They probably liked him in, for the interview and the job. He's a former Met. They thought he could tip it. They thought he, he would. Exactly. Uh, so that's what's even worse. Is like now you hold on to the guy. It's almost like you, hmm. you've you've dug this deep. Now you can't climb that I just down. I just don't think the reward
0: uh, is worth. Like if the Mets went, you know, won ten of their first thirty games. Did, like everyone will start pointing the finger at Beltron, start saying, like oh, the guy can't steal signs anymore, this is why he sucks a bit like I don't know. I just don't see the reward in the risk of hiring a guy who's pretty much right in the middle of the one of the biggest cheating scandals of, of baseball history.
1: So but that they, they could've avoided all this by not hiring him. i not I, I agree. agree. And I'm not saying that he wouldn't have been a good manager. I personally I personally believe, um, well, they're not
0: interested. Let's be honest. The Mets are not interested in hiring a manager with stones or balls. Let's, I mean, they had Buck Walter sitting right there, uh, once again, passed on him. Who's the other guy they had? But bro? you know
1: what? I think they had Dusty the Baker league, sitting there. I think the whole league is passed. Like, it's a copycat league. You see it in every league. The NFL, uh, McVeigh is successful. So now everybody's hiring these, uh, quarterback guru, offensive guru type of guys. Um, you know, the the old-style coach is, is going by the wayside. I think... That's why I just don't that's, think... I, I think that, the, like, the Buck Show Walter, Listen, we're not uh, in front of offices. We don't know that. But from an outsider's view, I think that Dusty Baker and Buck Show Walter still can be good coaches, but we don't know how, how they run operations day to day. And it could be that there would be conflicts with how they well, well, do business. So, I, I don't think that is... But you had guys all around the league that you could have hired, viable options, and they went with Beltron. and like I said, it's difficult to believe that that did, wasn't asked of Beltron about what was going on in Houston. Uh, that's that's the
0: real question, because if you told me you were 100% certain, and we know for a fact that that was brought up in the interview, then honestly, Brody and uh, the Wilplon should be suspended. Like, if they know about this, and they hired a guy in the first place... They should be suspended for, for, for hiring him. But the whole thing is just a mess. Um, I don't see, like, as a Met fan, I'm not freaking out because... It's fine. If it, it doesn't matter... If this is
1: going to happen in any sport, baseball... I mean, sport. the
0: ma- the baseball manager to me... That's why Mickey Calloway was such a sham, because all you have to do is put the lineup card out there correctly. That guy couldn't even do that. Like, yeah, he couldn't I mean, make... All you have to do is not embarrass yourself as a manager. Yeah, there's stuff you'll be like, oh, what is he doing night to night, but... More
1: often than not,
0: like a baseball manager, this day and age is only going to affect the team so much. And yeah, I think then, it's about
1: more about having control of the clubhouse and why, the guys and why and
0: why the Mets probably thought that Beltran was the guy was because he knew how to, he knew how to steal signs. He brought the like, It of that. sounds crazy, but if the guy has an idea on how to to pick up signs better than anyone else, you're going to listen to him. You're going to listen to see how that advantage could help your team out. Whatever. I'm sick of the whole conversation, to be honest with you. I've been listening to WFAN for the last two weeks. This is like almost a godsend for them because they've had almost nothing to talk about in the New York area. All they talk about is uh, this Beltron Mets stuff. And then the Mets go out and hire a bench coach that no one gave a shit about. And it doesn't matter to me. It really won't matter. Like Luis Rojas, Carlos Beltran, I'm going to be on their ass in April anyway. It doesn't matter. Win games. I don't care. I really don't even care if Stephen Hawking is out there managing. I don't care if he's a third base coach either. doesn't matter to me. Just go out there and win games. There's no excuses anymore. There's none. This is a good baseball team. I like what some of the moves they made. They should be a better
1: team this year. Donald Batansis was a huge get. What's interesting to me, too, is that, like I said a couple of times already, the Astros have a really talented team and a lot of talented players. I would find it interesting to know... Now, obviously none of their careers are full fully uh you know, done and finished with yet, and we don't know how this is gonna go. But you have some guys on the on those teams during this scandal that are gonna be Hall of Fame viable. Well does who this, knows though. Does this affect though? that's what I'm saying? Well does no not even that. I mean who Pete, knows? Rose, Pete Rose is it's, gonna sit it, back it, it, do you think and that, enjoy himself do you a think, nice
0: beverage. Do you think Jose Altuve is gonna hit three 40 next year without being able to steal signs? What if he drops down to, you know, 300 or something like that and he's, and he's only like 28? Like, if they, I'm interested to see – I wanted to see, like, before the cheating scandal came out, what was, like, George Springer's, like, home run over under before, for 2020? You know what I mean? Like, well, people, did that, do you do think not. that dropped a little bit? Like, do you think that people are expecting less from these players? Or are you one of these people who are just like,
1: uh, these I'm guys, not expecting less. I think if you watch baseball, you know these guys. Are top top tier. A lot of them are some of the best at their position. Let's just say this: I don't think uh, Rob Manfred and the whole uh, baseball, like I guess uh, anatomy, change last year. You can't really. Everything has been skewed over the last couple of years, whether it be the baseball and now the the sign stealing uh, scandal, like. Is Jorge Soler gonna hit gonna eclipse fifty home runs like the guy was a flaming bag of shit before this year? If he was stealing signs, like, maybe. But well, what I'm saying is now the whole ball uh, fiasco. Like, what ball are they gonna use next year? Like, that's a lot. The last couple of years of baseball is very hard to gauge about. Uh, you know, future. It's hard to predict future success. But if you ask me, I don't think that this is gonna impact. Uh, the Astros as much as people think, because if you look, I, I, and I've seen a lot of people post the the splits on the the home and away splits, and it's really not that much. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's it, they're they're kind of identical. So to me, that still doesn't condone what they did. They cheated. They should be punished, and they were punished. Um, losing a manager, losing a GM. Yeah, and and totally, whoever steps in there to be the manager and GM has. Uh, a lot of shit to sort through. So I I don't think anyone around the league envies the next guy to manage in general manage that team. So they're they're in for a, a tough year. I think all of their road games are gonna be pretty hostile. Um <laughs> And I don't think the I don't think players are going to take lightly to it either. I think you'll I think you'll get a few baseballs in the back of the likes of. What about like spring training? Do you think anyone takes any? No, any... nah, because you're dealing with guys that weren't involved with that. Like you got guys in Double it. Yeah, but I, I I think that you'll have teams that will take a shot at, at at them for sure. But I don't think it takes place spring training. All right. Well, I've had it. I don't know about you. I've had just about enough. Of that, of that
0: controversy. It's been going on for a while now. Um, the suspensions and, and firings all happened last week. So let's move on uh, to the NFL. Uh, the last time we spoke to you guys, I think we were in the middle of the Giants and Jets debate. Um, as we both know, as we knew then, both teams shit on a stick. Both teams terrible. Uh, no reason to even reference them right now. But we did have two uh, championship games last week. We had the uh, the Chiefs knocking off uh, the Titans, which I thought was
1: almost a mere image of the week before. Like, was it not? Uh... I, th- I thought that the Chiefs were in serious trouble because the Titans' defense is leaps and bounds better than Houston's defense, um, and I thought that they killed so much time on the ground, uh, Tennessee, that if Tannehill just doesn't make a mistake, I thought that they would at least in the betting world i thought they would at least cover um but they didn't even do that and i think that the titans uh blew an opportunity 17 to what was it seventeen 3 17 zip i thought yeah I, I mean that was that's brutal and i think that especially when you're on the road they had that game in the palm of their hand um but patrick mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks i've ever seen yeah i think my own i think the guy is just it doesn't matter how good
0: your defense is. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter. He's not going to make a big mistake. He's going to make big plays. The best way to do it is, like you said, you have to eat the clock, and you have to be able to kill time and keep the ball out of his hands, and the Titans just weren't able to do that uh, last week. Derrick Henry, only 69 yards rushing, I believe. Uh, it's like, what, almost 100-something less than, than the previous week. So I think we knew Casey was always favored in that game, but – Like you said, Tennessee going up 17-0 with that defense did make it interesting. The other game was uh, the NFC, Green Bay, San Francisco. This was pretty much your classic uh, turn the game off
1: after the second quarter type game. And I'm going to be honest. I thought uh, the 49ers were kind of overrated heading into the playoffs. And they've proved me dead wrong. They're just in cruise control. Yeah, I think... I haven't uh, tried. It doesn't look like they've tried hard. Like, Green Bay, I never really believed in. They were never really a, a team I thought had a chance.
0: Everyone tries to talk themselves into Green Bay every year because of Rodgers. Let's be honest. Aaron Rodgers, he's not what he used to be. He's not. He's a good, he's still a good quarterback, don't get me wrong, but he's not what he used to be. He's not putting up massive numbers. He He's not making big plays after big plays. He's still good. Don't get me wrong. I'd still take him. You know, he's Aaron Rodgers, but... He doesn't have that aura that everyone else uh, seems to think he has from three, four years ago. Yeah, I think to
1: me, um, they don't really have, like Devontae Adams is a great receiver. Aaron Jones, great running back. But they don't seem to be that dynamic offense that they might have thought they had, especially bringing in the floor. Um, And I just didn't have any faith in him. Lafleur, to be honest, I it think. was actually shocking they went thirteen and three. I think they were one of the worst thirteen and three teams I've ever seen. Yeah, like when you look um, at, at uh, you know predicting a game, I think especially in the playoffs, you have to look at the coach and quarterback combination. So it was Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo against Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur. Obviously, I, you got to take Rodgers, his playoff experience, World Champion, over Garoppolo. But I just had zero faith in the floor um, to beat Kyle Shanahan. And I think once they went down like two scores, I said this game's over. It was a wrap. Um, especially the way uh, most of was running. The guy had one of the best rushing games of all time. So. And with
0: that San Francisco defensive line, you're not going to be able to run the ball. So this, this is going to be a really good Super Bowl. I, I, I'll go out on a limb and say this is going to be a really good Super Bowl. I think we're going to have a really tight game. I don't have a winner at this moment. I'm leaning Kansas City. Just because I think um, when push comes to shove, Mahomes is going to make more plays. But the way the Niners look, they look like a complete football team. Whereas the Chiefs kind of look like Mahomes and a, you know, they have a good offense, but they pretty much are going to go on, on how good Mahomes plays. The Niners. They could beat you with defense, they could beat you running the ball, Garoppolo can make some plays down the field, Kittle can make some plays. They just seem like the most complete team to me. And it's kind of shocking because what San Francisco had the number two pick last year? Uh yeah. To get Mosa? Yeah. So I mean that goes to show you in the NFL. I know Garoppolo was out last year, which allowed them to be so bad to get that second pick. But
1: Well, they mean, also had a couple of picks. You get the right coach. And you draft well for a couple of seasons, and you have the quarterback, and it, it shouldn't take that long. Well, don't Ruffalo. forget, Garoppolo was out
0: the whole year last yeah. year. so
1: maybe they win eight games last year. I'm sure they, they wouldn't have that second. I'm year. sure they wouldn't have the second pick Yeah, it so, cool, but I, and I, I, I believe that this draft kind of produced a lot of mainstays on defense for them too. Uh, obviously, Bosa. Bosa, who's the cornerback? Um, holy shit! Uh, I'm, I'm blanking too. I forget, but I think he was drafted in the fifth round or sixth round. He was drafted late. And he's been uh, on the field for them all 16 games. That's that's the difference. The NFL is built through the draft. The right? difference
0: is Kyle Shanahan is, for all the love we gave Sean McVay last year and rightfully so. This is this is the coach that you want. This is the coach I would draft number one if I'm drafting NFL coaches. Kyle Shanahan. Well, I don't think that because uh, now this is the second time he's gotten to a Super Bowl as be, as really being the brain of the of the franchise, like. When the Falcons got to that Super Bowl uh, and Matt Ryan had his career year and all the Falcons had their career years, it wasn't because of, uh, what was it, Dan Quinn? Yeah. It was because of Kyle Shanahan. The 49ers have that same exact field. They just seem like the most prepared team in all assets of the, of the field. It's going to be a good Super Bowl. I really am looking forward to this game. Uh, I'm leaning Kansas City right now, but I think it'll be like 31-30 Kansas City or something like that. I think it'll be really close.
1: Yeah, um, I think the opening line, too, was minus a point and a half, so I think everyone thinks that this is going to be a, a tight game. I think I think the keys for uh, Kansas City is if you can just get a couple of big stops on defense, no one is going to totally stop that offense. They're going to score 21-plus points. They're going to score... Uh, I think San Francisco has to obviously rely on their defense, but I think... Uh, you really have to take some time away from the Chiefs. Hopefully most... Because I'm rooting for the 49ers. I love the Chiefs. I love walking the players. Giants fan rooting for the 49ers. That I rivalry gotta go is NFC. Dead.
0: I gotta go NFC. The Rivalry is dead, kids. Um, Lawrence Taylor's is spinning
1: around in his uh, jail cell yeah, right he's, now. He's, not, he's f- not dead he's, right now. Wherever the fuck he is. Um, but yeah, I, I'm rooting for the 49ers. I think it's going to be a close game. Well, like I said, I think if the Chiefs can get just a few stops... I think stops, the Chiefs need to score first.
0: They've been, the they've been, they've been going behind the last couple weeks. I don't think San Francisco... I think San Francisco is like a much better version of Tennessee that we saw last week. Yeah, they, I think they're... They're uh, Tennessee with a pass rush, which yeah. is completely different than what Tennessee does. I just think um, if you dictate... Uh, if you dictate the pace and you and you score first and you're Kansas City, that's huge. Because, number one, you want Garoppolo to have to make throws. I think he's done it for the most part this season. He's made enough to, to get them by and make big plays. But you want to see that in a, in a Super Bowl scenario. You want to see Jimmy Garoppolo beat you and not uh, get time of possession down of the game which is what uh, the 49ers are going to look to do. And you referenced Mostert, but I guess the week before, Tevin Coleman was the guy. Like, they have three legit running backs that could start. I think he's in
1: question now. He uh, had the shoulder uh, problem that he left the game for. I, I think they, they have three running backs that
0: could start on most teams in the NFL. So, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. Uh, any bets, any wages you've looked into already, Mr. Jonas, that you would like to share with Nothing you? yet,
1: because yeah. the, lines, the lines are going to move. But... I haven't really looked at props yet. Not nothing of that sort. I think I don't really like playing those bullshit. Like, what color is the Gatorade? How is long was it national? Yeah, game. I don't really like that. I'll probably bet the spread on 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 one of the teams. Well, I, I'm gonna wait for the final line though. I don't really like betting early because it moves the, the the line moves. But that's when you to get it. Yeah, but it moves according to the money. So and yeah, but if you
0: know what's gonna happen, if you think you have a good
1: read on the game, you want to place it earlier so you get you get the juicy two weeks. Is, two weeks is just if it was if it was next yeah. week. If, if it was Sunday, if was game, it was this but, weekend, yeah, I, I would have probably placed it better. already. Anyway. Okay, but I think two weeks ahead is, is too far. I don't see it moving ahead. too much. I could see
0: it move. Is Kansas City favorite right now? You yeah, say? yeah. I could see that maybe getting to two,
1: three, but. That's
0: a lot. That's a lot. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good if game. If that's the
1: case, I would take San Francisco uh, with the points. Give me the points. If they're going to go plus three, I'll take it. We'll see
0: about that. I, I don't know. I'm leading Kansas City in this game. I just think they get it done. I think it's their, their year, their,
1: their time. But we'll see. Um, Speaking of the uh, NFL coaches, <coughs> we have a new one uh, that's going to be a MetLife wearing blue. His name is Joe Judge. Now, I'm not even going to front. I didn't know anything about this guy. I don't um, even think this coming. guy knew much about himself. Yeah, I think he was shocked by the news, too, to be honest. Um, but as the weeks have been going on, going past and he's been adding guys to his staff, I think we can all say that we're excited for this. There's there's it's a different type of buzz about this hiring than there was with Patrick. This guy, That's especially sure. yeah, from his press conference, seems like he's got head coach... Uh, vibes intangibles he has the intangibles he's a a motivator he's gonna he's gonna control the locker. and that's
0: why his staff that he hired was so important because if that's his mo and that's what he hangs his hat on he needs to have quality people on his staff that he can rely on to handle the offense the defense the position different positional
1: coaches so like like look at this tennessee team mike vrabel is the head coach the year prior when he was with houston his defense was ranked like 28th in the league uh, points against it in a lot of different categories. And he got hired, and he's the type, to, he's a motivator. Uh, he, his players gravitate to him. I think that's big for a, an NFL head coach. I think people have to respect you. And I think the past two coaches in McAdoo and Shermer, huge problem. Uh, and you had some toxic personalities in there, Janoris Jenkins, Odell, you know, Odell it, it, not influencing the younger players, which this is a rebuilding team, so the whole team is young. Um, but they still didn't have control of these guys. And when you, don't, when you don't have control of rookies and first-year guys, second-year guys, you're not going to have control of veterans. So I think that this guy Judge kind of seems like he's, that's his one of his main focuses, is. To uh, control the locker room And be a motivator And I think that's why uh, I was kind of happy With the Garrett uh, Edition Because as, as, And if you look He wasn't Bad with the Cowboys He just didn't meet Expectations Yeah so and that's I mean, as a head coach Of the Dallas Cowboys He's as a head coach For so. the richest franchise In, in right. sports So you're mm-hmm. under scrutiny You're under New York Media scrutiny If not more Dallas is the, the Mecca of football um, So I think Maybe as an OC he, he takes a back seat. He's not in the, the he knows line the. Line. He knows the
0: division very well. Knows the division. So that's six games a year where he's going to have at least some type of scouting report on the teams they he's playing. They brought his
1: offensive line coach in, who
0: has been here's a big part name, of the rushing attack. Here's, here's a question for Dallas. Giant fans. Can you name who the offensive coordinator was last year? For the Giants? Yes. Uh, what's his name? Shula. Yeah, Shula. Has anyone ever referenced him, blamed him, said... No, he
1: didn't call the plays, right? So Shermer got all the blame. Well, you know what it is. I think Shermer kind of labeled himself. He was an offensive coordinator, so he was that is why Sherman was coach. that
0: alone is why Sherman was hired. Shermer was hired to make Eli Manning look good easily and to make the offense look decent. Well, he failed at that miserably. But honestly, based sad. on what he had, based on what he was dealing with, I don't think the offense was that putrid. But his biggest problem was exactly what, what we expect Joe Judge to have. Number one, the problem that both the, the last two New York coaches got uh, fired for was their ability to handle the media. Shermer and McAdoo, say what you want. I don't believe – like, look at Bill Belichick, right? The guy doesn't give – look at Greg Pop- Popovich. These guys don't give the media anything, right? That's because they're established. When you're Pat Shermer and you have like a 25 winning percentage as a head coach – you can't go to a post-game press conference with any type of arrogance. You can't go acting like you guys don't know what you're talking about. You're losing football games, right? I think uh, I don't think yeah. this guy Judge will do that. I think he'll come in and, and, and tell it like it is, which is really what New Yorkers want at the end of the day. We, we can see through the bullshit. We can see that the team stinks. You obviously can't come out and say, you know, this team stinks, but there's ways of putting it out there that, that puts the blame co- completely on you. You listen to Shermer's press conferences this past year – it was always, we battled, we played hard, we'll go again next week, we'll try to do things better. It's like, no, dude, you don't have that many opportunities to do things better. You, you have to win games. You have to look confident week in and week out. And they just didn't do that. I think uh, the positivity around Judge thus as far as good. I like his staff. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, I didn't know this guy uh, from a hole in the wall a couple weeks ago. But he like, seems like a legit guy. And for the Maris, who have probably interviewed a million people over their, over their years, to say is the best interview they've had for a head coach. I think that speaks volumes. I think they can understand what type of guy he might be, and we'll see. I I, I have
1: good vibes about this. We'll see what we'll see what happens. And a, a good point. I forget uh, what reporter mentioned it, but as a special teams coordinator, you have to deal with a lot of different players. You have guys that basically have to know the whole roster. Yeah, running backs, cornerbacks, DB, uh, safeties, everybody who's really not. Cut out for the starting 11 on either side of the ball. Most likely, if you're not on the practice squad, you're playing special teams. You, and you have to manage a lot of different aspects uh, the field goal unit, the punting teams, the, the kickoff returns and, and, and kickoffs. There's a lot to manage. So I think as a head coach, would you rather have seen, ah, oh, he was, uh, you know, like Eric Bieniemy who's running the offense in KC, is doing a fabulous job there. I don't. I don't believe. See, I don't like. A lot of
0: people wanted. uh, Who's the offensive coordinator? um, uh, Who is the guy that? Oh wait, everyone wanted Mike McCarthy, right?
1: Yeah, I didn't want him. I
0: didn't want him. Same reason I kind of don't want the enemy, and it sounds bad, but like I just don't want a guy who may or may not be have been relying on a special quarterback, like. B enemy a lot of these plays I'm sure are good, but half of them are plays that Patrick Mahomes is the only guy on the field on in, in the league that can make it. You know what I mean? Like Mike McCarthy, yeah, I'm sure he had a lot of intangibles as a head coach that were great. The players probably like playing for him. But a lot of those games they won was because Aaron Rodgers was running back and forth in the pocket for 50 minutes, chucking it down the field. Like Yeah, I think that I, I don't like to- you know what I'm saying? Like I, I would much rather go in for a, a coach that has gotten more with less than a guy who has won with a stacked team. Does that
1: make sense to you? Yeah, I think that um, that's the dilemma, is that when you win, you can always look back and say, well, they had good personnel. Or if you lose, you can maybe say, ah, he did good, a good job with his unit, but they just didn't win games. Let's see what he can do with us. I think either way, I, I don't know how much that plays into like a factor of, well, the enemy... The enemy, as a fact, has done a good job with the offense, mm-hmm. regardless of his personnel, and opposed to a guy who said, "Well, you know, he didn't really have the greatest personnel." That can be brought back to Shermer. If you put Shermer as the OC in in Kansas City, probably make him look good. Yeah,
0: but that's the thing. Shermer did nothing with what he had with the Giants. If he did something, but the, the
1: Giants' personnel is probably top three worst
0: in the league. And on offense, I don't I don't agree with that, but. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm always more willing to give a shot to a guy who's number one is hungrier, number two uh, is the reason for, like, who I'm more confident is the reason that that side of the ball was good. You know what I mean? So it's like, B enemy, I'm sure he'll be a good coach somewhere, but it's like, is he ever going to be able to replicate what he's doing in Kansas City with another quarterback? I don't buy that. Whereas you have a, ra- a random coach from, like this defensive coordinator the Giants hired from Miami. Miami was terrible last year; they were probably the worst team in football, if not the second worst. And in reality, you could argue they got a lot—they got a lot more out of their team than people thought they would. To me, that like everyone's high on Brian Flores. They sucked. They—they they were a bad football team, but they—they they, got—he got more out of what was expected from them, whereas a lot of these other guys are just getting
1: to what's expected of them from the players they have. Yeah, I think that uh, Judge coaching under Sabin, coaching under Belichick, I mean, if there are two guys from both levels of football, I think he wanted to be those two guys that he mentored by. Um, so that's also a good He sign. certainly and, has, like, the leadership skills. Apparently
0: he's, like, an education – he's going for his Ph.D. in education. So he seems like a cerebral, big-picture type of guy. And it's going to be down to Jason Garrett and Patrick Graham to make sure that the X's and O's and stuff is fine. Yeah, I don't which really, to me, I don't. To me, that doesn't bother me. When did we ever see Tom Coughlin? Did we ever talk about Tom Coughlin and how he was devising up these offensive schemes? No, and stuff listen, like that? The, the head
1: coach is kind of a figurehead. In in other words, like it's his game plans, but the coordinators are are the ones that are dealing with these guys at practice every day, and they're in the. The, the middle of their respective side of the ball. So, I mean, I think Jason Garrett is a good hire only because I think he can be a good OC. He was a good OC before he was the head coach of the Cowboys. And I also think that judge can lean on Garrett. He's played in this, uh, he's coaching this division. Uh, for eight years or however long he was with Dallas, it seems he's like he's been in every type of game situation been in every type of ge- he had to deal with Jerry Jones so I mean like he, that's had easy, he
0: had to deal with more media hate and more media
1: problems probably than any coach in sports I would say the last few years and everybody kind of made fun of Garrett for his demeanor on the sideline. That's going to be good for a rookie coach. You don't need somebody that's going to be... Uh, it's going to be good for young basically, players. Basically, yeah. I, I don't think you need somebody on the sideline that's going to be uh, screaming and throwing shit when things go wrong. I think Garrett is going to be sort of a safety net for uh, Joe Judge and basically uh, tutor him up. Like he, He's been a head coach for a long time for a, a team that's in the middle of the media circle, so... He knows how to deal with this. And they also were able
0: to hire uh, the Cowboys offensive line, uh, former Cowboys offensive line coach. Uh, yeah, Colombo. So, That's yeah, big, obviously. That guy, that guy
1: ran a stellar offensive line for years. You want to talk about how good the Giants line was during their Super Bowl runs. This guy might have had just as good of a line. They didn't obviously get to where they wanted to be. As but the team, strength, the strength, the reason the Cowboys have been relevant for right. the People, last
0: five years is not because of any other reason but their offense. Ezekiel
1: form. Elliott is a great running back, but I don't think he is who he is without this guy in that line. So. No, I agree. So let's you. just say that that's a good pickup for a line that has been struggling for the last six, seven. Years. I just want to see
0: them be able to run the ball
1: on first down
0: and second down, be able to get three yards on first down. That's all I'm asking for. Right now, the way the Giants have been set up, it's first down run. Minus one yard, second down, run, maybe pick pick up two. And then you have third and long. Then you have the pass rushers beating down your quarterback. And in the previous years, it was Eli Manning, and he was a sitting duck back there, and we would have to punt right away. Now you have people complaining about Daniel Jones and the, all the fumbles that he had. But in reality, that's it's the nature of the offense, the way it's run. They can't pick up the easy yards early in the, in the drive, so they have to force it down the field, and the, the pass rush gets there when you have too many third and longs. That's about it. I, I want to touch on. I think we're both optimistic about Joe Judge. I think we both want to see what this team does in free agency. Um, there's a lot, a lot of holes that need to be filled. They have like 60 million in cap, so we expect new players to be brought in on both sides of the ball. Most notably, defense, because that whole defense could use a revamping from start to finish. And we'll
1: see. Um, yeah, I think they need to. This needs to 2020 draft heavy defensive draft heavy. And they kind of lost out on the Chase Young thing uh, against the Redskins. Total shame because – I mean, it's really tough. That, that guy would have – It's really hard home. to lose to Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins. It's really hard,
0: especially when you're going out there playing your young quarterback. You definitely don't want to tank when you're when you're playing that bad of a team. Because you lose to the Redskins on accident and it's like – that's To me, that sets the franchise back another year. Like – if the Giants draft well and they get, have a good free agency, I I can I can talk myself into this uh, next year them squeaking into a wild card spot, right? But if you lose to the Redskins on accident the previous year, I instantly start to think like they're the worst team. But well, when you
1: think about it, the Giants didn't really have that many that many impressive wins over the team. No, they beat the, they
0: beat the teams that you'd expect them to beat. The only Win
1: that you would, and they were a field goal away. Yeah, missed field goal by the Bronx. field goal from losing. Other so. than
0: that, other than that win last year, every other win is one that they were favored in. I would, I would guess, right? Yeah, Dolphins, Red, Redskins, Redskins, Redskins twice. Yeah.
1: So listen, a lot of work to be done. That goes without being Bad said. Bad team, new coach. Hopefully, you can get it started. Yeah, and and as far as um, players that should have stepped up last year that didn't, I give Jan Daniel Jones a lot of credit because he did things that. With that personnel that I didn't expect the rookie quarterback to be able to do. It was re- very refreshing, and everyone starts
0: jumping on, oh, he yeah, had this many fumbles. To me, that's a good thing. To me, that's a guy who's standing in the pocket as a rookie, not afraid of a pass rush, not afraid of the rush around him, looking down the field to make plays. And not only that,
1: a couple of his fumbles were... Of the rush variety, so he was getting hit. He was a He yeah, became I'm a runner. I'm sure. Hit. I'm
0: sure. Like half of those were strip sacks, right from behind or something like well, that. Well, Jamal
1: Adams completely embarrassed. Today. That was a bad that one. Was, that was a bad one. But the other, uh, I, I recall a few fumbles that he was actually a runner. So he got hit, and the ball jarred loose. Easy fixes. That if, if he's anything worth his soul... The way he threw the ball as a rookie is very
0: encouraging. Like that, That's the one thing you got to be excited yeah, he about. Had he had poise. He had a lot
1: of big games, too. And they
0: preach that, too, that he's
1: got presence. He so threw a t-
0: he, if I'm not mistaken, he threw a touchdown in every game he played. So, I mean, the guy was competitive, competing every single week. I'm excited. He's probably my number one excitement in New York sports right now, like... I'll I'm tuned in to every pass this guy throws for the next ten years.
1: I'm yeah. ready for it. And and the two of us were very critical. Yeah, especially on draft night. There's so, footage of
0: me flipping out
1: at him getting drafted. So, and that is because I wanted point Haskins that night. You wanted point yeah. Haskins as well. So So, so the guy we're not bad. That, that goes to show that we're not in these uh you know um uh, showcases for the players. We don't see what's going on behind the scenes, we're not at practice we can only go on what the reports are telling us, uh, and they weren't glowing for either guy. But we did lean Haskins because he brought a, a, a different set of skills than Jones. He has a so-called. He had a bigger arm. Uh, he can make better plays downfield. Um, so we were on Haskins. It was a track, pretty simple, yeah. a pretty illustrious career. See, it's a
0: pretty simple argument now that you go back and look at it. The difference between Jones and Haskins. Jones was thrown to receivers that were completely covered. While he was getting hit. Haskins was throwing to receivers that were wide open. While he was standing there untouched. That alone. Should say something. When you're evaluating a quarterback. And Ohio State last year. They were just stacked
1: all over the place. Like they're stacked every year. But last year especially. They were stacked. Yeah I mean. and and Again like like we said. When it comes to hiring coaches. Like you got to look at the coach themselves. And what they were responsible for. And what they did. You can't blame Haskins for having talent. But at the end of the day, I guess people saw, in, well, the Giants in particular, saw that Daniel Jones was doing more with less and was able to pretty much... Um, it makes you wonder. His, his, there weren't any skills that jumped out at people. Like, Haskins had an absolute cannon at the, the combine, but people said his feet were slow, he didn't have good footwork. But Jones was pretty much across the board... Good at everything. He didn't really have one standout skill. So as, as casual uh, you know viewers and, and readers of all these uh, reports and combine grades and stuff like that, naturally you would lean towards the guy with better tools, which Haskins seemed to have. Um, but it, it looks like right now, I'm not writing off Haskins uh, or any of the, the rookie quarterbacks, but you look at guys like Gardner Minshew, who played pretty well. And the guy was drafted, what, the fourth, fifth round, I think? Yeah, he was a fifth rounder. So, listen, I think talent evaluators and coaches, that's why I'm I'm excited for this current crop of coaches. I think they can really elevate Daniel Jones to a level that Pat Shermer just couldn't. Uh, I think just overall,
0: the whole team will be more motivated to perform and win games uh, under a new coaching staff. Whereas Pat Shermer was more concerned with what play am I going to call on third down, Joe judge may not be so worried about that. He may be worried about a bigger picture thing in the game that's happening or something like that, which I think is important. And I think that's why we love Tom Coughlin so much. He wasn't sitting there with a clipboard calling plays. He was sitting there watching the game and and figuring out what's going wrong. What's going right. What can we fix? What can we adjust? That's what a head coach does. He's not just a play caller. And I think, I do think it's, unless you have like a, a real guru, like, the name, the word "guru" is getting thrown around too much. In yeah, football. it's really cool. But well, like, you have me. you have a Kyle Shanahan, right? It's like the guy is as gifted a play caller as there is. All right, you let him be the head coach and call the plays. Pat Shermer, like no, but but How no, coaches, hire him bro? to be your O court coordinator or don't hire him at all. You have to have you either have to have head coaching qualities and elite
1: play calling skills, or in my opinion, you should just be the head coach. But how many coaches can go from system to system, like offensive guru? Yeah, in their own schemes. Like, as good as Kyle Shanahan is, how many schemes can he run successfully? He's good in his own packages, you know what I'm saying? So I think you have to give uh, coaches a chance to – and I'm not saying Sherman's a good coach. He's not. But maybe as an OC where he only has to focus on his schemes, doesn't have to really worry about anything else besides the offense – he wasn't built to be a head coach. He's an offensive coordinator. Absolutely. And, and that was demeanor. clear, like he didn't succeed as a head coach. He didn't before. have the demeanor. Like, he didn't
0: have the demeanor of a head coach.
1: Yeah, and maybe Jason Garrett didn't either. And that's why he might be better suited as an OC. I'm fine. Know? So I think that's why a lot of good a lot of good developments that, to be honest, I didn't trust Gettleman and Mara to really make. But everyone wanted Matt Rule. Everyone liked Matt Rule and he, he went, went to the Panthers. I don't have a
0: problem. When when you try to get like the Panthers were playing hardball. They wanted rule right. I don't have a problem sticking to your gun, saying this guy is is putting us against the wall here, and not paying a first-year head coach sixty million dollars whatever this guy got paid. Because at the end of the day, right now the Giants are paying Sherman and McAdoo still. They're still paying these guys. These guys got fired with contracts, so they'd be they'd be hiring. They could be hiring four head coaches, and if the Judge doesn't work out, so I'm fine with what they did. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's, that's all I got on the Giants. Let's, let's bring on... The two. other
1: the other two shit-stars, let's do it before we uh, call it a day. The other two shit-stars in New York. Just touch on the Knicks and I'll touch on the Rangers. All right. Absolutely, like, I try to catch all the Ranger games and it's just like, I'm so sick. The defense is beyond abysmal, beyond abysmal. The only bright spot... Is Tony D'Angelo offensively. He's, he's yeah, he's an, he's a scoring defensive. But everything, everybody else, like Adam Fox is he's playing well. I'm not gonna lie, he's playing well for a rookie, so um I watched one game and he made an absolutely brutal error. Oh yeah. I no. forget what that was. Um that's that the the, right? the problem is, and I didn't really like the situation to put uh Chesterkin Shester, in. To a defense that allows the most shots per game. Well, let me ask you a, a question: Why do you have? Why are the Rangers carrying three valuable bullpen? Well, they just sent uh, Igor down. Oh, okay. Um, but I think they—he's been playing so well at every level he's been at, and he didn't play terrible. Uh, the first game was a little shaky. The first period. I yeah, he had like three goals in or yeah, two Yeah, goals. two goals, and, and but that's a good team. He's playing yeah. Colorado. Yeah. Against, uh, one of the worst first Yeah, one of the worst defenses in the league.
0: And I think that was the game Adam Fox made the mistake. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. In, the, in their
1: own zone, he literally overskates a, a puck yeah. and uh, gives it to McKinnon, uh, McKinnon on a breakaway. <laughs> That's so, it's like, like, dunk. You're getting dunked on in yeah. that situation. Uh, and the other goal just uh, kind of trickled through. But still, he's fine. They sent him down. He got a little cup of coffee. He'll be back. He's fine. Um, I think they'll flip Georgie uh, like they did with Talbot. To be honest, these goalies are doing everything they can um, in front of his poorest defense. And Panarin is the only hes the only guy who can do anything. And he's lifting up guys that he's playing with. Uh, Meek has been a bright spot. Excellent trade. I said it when they trade uh, Broussard for him. Steal of, of the trade. And I trust Gordon. He's doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing. They're just not built to win right now. They're too young at a lot yeah, of positions. Yeah, and defense... The, they no have, defenseman. But, How is Trouba, man? He's not been good? He's been, you know... Expectations-wise, I think you expect more. Um, but when he was with Winnipeg, I think he just had a better roster. Like, hockey is kind of like basketball and football in the sense of when you're playing with garbage, you're going to be... Your uh, stats and skills are going to suffer a little bit. Except for Artemi Panarin, That guy's a star. That guy's he's, a beast. He's going to be... Uh, and the Rangers aren't used to seeing this. He's gonna eclipse 100 points, well and above, before the end of the season. Playing on a shit team. Playing guys. on a I line mean, that is absolutely abysmal. With Buchnevich, nice. right? Like, yeah. I mean, I've seen him play with uh, Brendan Lemieux. The guy's a, a, a goon. A coon, you're like, come on. And this guy's making everyone look yeah. good. Capo Kako has been Kako Kako. Well, so his fun. problem is his problem is. Uh, Defensively, too. He's, just I believe, i no, I believe he's like a minus 16 or 17 right now. Not good. He's part of the problem defensively. He should be in Hartford if he's not already. The thing is, I, I think he's the type of player that the skills are there. If you watch him play, I mean, his hands are great. He's a good skater. Um, he's got a lethal shot. I think you just have to let him, uh, the growing pains are going to be there, let him play. I mean, it's not like you have many other better options. The you know, main like, problem is, is you have a young defense, and when you only have a defense that really, like, they don't play well in their own zone. So it's, it, there's, a, there's a difference between how They don't guys. have any physicality in the
0: defense. I feel like they have a bunch of small guys on their defense, besides Truba, I know Truba's a big yeah, guy. I mean,
1: size plays a, a factor, but I think when you don't have good schemes, I'm not really sold on, on Quinn... Um, I think he's done a, a, what he can with this young team. He could be, and, and I he, think, he they, be the Mark Jackson of this team. and I, yeah. like, Steve Kirk. Yeah, I think they brought in him in uh, at the time for young guys, college coach, uh, just to. You know what? I think they had the same ideas the Knicks with Fizdale, but Fizdale was a complete disaster. Well, yeah, here, no. Here's the real answer. Here, people actually care about the
0: Knicks, so that's why Fisdale got fired, and that's why Dan Quinn will just continue skating by, and no one will give a fuck. Okay, this guy will probably be the Rangers coach for another three years because people actually don't care. They don't care. Fisdale, since he was hired, the idea was, oh, the Knicks are young. You know, he's why people him. care about the Knicks. You have to have some sort of, uh, you know, the proofs in the pudding. It's just the market is there. People are hungry. The fan base is like, the it's, best fan base in basketball. It's funny, though,
1: because New York is not the marquee. Like, it used to be like basketball was synonymous with New York, and it's just been, like, totally eroded. Of course,
0: it's not anymore, but I'm telling you that one day, the day it happens, the day it happens, it'll be like it never left. It'll be like every fan. And, I, and I'm heavily biased here, but I'm obviously... I I believe I truly believe that Knicks have the best fan but base, like no, fan base can... in American sports. I think they have the best fan base in American sports.
1: Nah, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. They have not won... Maybe top five in the NBA. Yeah, they, no, no. Top one in all sports. That's not...
0: That's, they have not won that's, since that's 1972. That's 1972. That's, they have not won since 1972.
1: And the Browns have been shit their whole... Uh, basically existence, and they're fan, they have a rabid fan base. They're in Cleveland. They have like half. The, they the, have less than half the of the population. Browns are, the Browns are still
0: way – like when the Browns sucked for 10 years, the Browns have not become relevant again until they got
1: Baker Mayfield.
0: Right, but what I'm saying
1: is they, they, they were still have a rabid when, fan the, base. When the Knicks
0: have sucked, which has been my whole lifetime, right, they've always been still a, a topic of conversation. Why are the Knicks this bad? How can we improve the Knicks? Blah 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 blah. Nobody talks about that about the Atlanta Hawks.
1: Or but that's totally different. No no no, no, that's no. Totally different. It's not New York City because has eight I'm telling million you. people. No, because in that you're gonna have a bigger fan base than other cities. It doesn't mean that they're the best fan base. I, I purpose I pers- personally believe that they
0: have the best fan base because of how in depth they have been and how much support they continue to get and how much interest there still is in this team. Because if this was I mean, think about it. The Brooklyn Nets are there. Like, people could jump shit. It's not the end of the world. Like, people could just decide to abandon the Knicks, abandon James Dolan, move on to to the Nets, and that's that. Yeah, but, no, the, fan. there's people like me sitting there, and there's more than just me out there, watching this 10-35 and 35 basketball team go out there and, and try to and take positives from a 20-point loss. Like, that's, they're the only team I know that people are actually watching those type of games. Like, the, the Memphis Grizzlies, they lose by 20, no one cares. They they go they win 15 games, no one cares for five seasons. They just don't. There's so many other examples. Maybe the Lakers are the only other fan base. Celtics? Idea. Come on. Eh.
1: The Lakers, the Celtics were bad for a while. They were. And they still, yeah, but we're not in Boston, so we don't know. You know what I'm saying? I think that's a tough thing to say. And especially living in New York City, I'm telling you, our population is like double that of the next yeah, largest but, city. In but America. there's no
0: reason for the Knicks to be relevant at all. They're an embarrassment of a team. And I'm telling you, when it ever, when I'm 75 and they finally become good, the Knicks fan base will be the most unbearable fan base in sports. It will be more, more than, than Dallas, the Dallas who has more like, than the Lakers, more than the Celtics, more than the Red Sox, more than the Yankees. The Knicks fan base not more than the Yankees. More than the Yankees because no, the Yankees
1: alone are divided by the Met fans. They're divided. Alone. But here's here I, I've also noticed this with bad teams, especially in big cities. Like you're telling me, the Met Met fans kind of seem like they don't mind all of this like shit publicity, and then they just like use that against the media. No, they're just telling you how it is. These teams are not run well, and they're terrible. So like I think. I'm not saying they're not real fans of the team, but like give it a, you know what I'm saying? Like Knicks fans. Okay. We know they've sucked for the last 20 years, but just because they're complaining about it, doesn't make them a good fan base. You know what I'm saying? I get that. But the fact that they're still
0: like the team is still relevant. I mean, not in a wins losses way, but it's like, they're still, they still have a brand. Like they still have a cachet behind them. And the reason they have no reason to, is my point. It's like, People act like, oh, it's the Knicks. Like, the Knicks are still bigger than the Brooklyn Nets, but they have no reason to be bigger than the Brooklyn Nets. They have zero. Re- okay, you want to see say Madison Square Garden? That alone
1: is the reason why you're bigger than the Nets. Like, I don't believe that. But like, I I look at teams like, like I mentioned before, the Browns, even the Packers. The Packers have a crazy fan base, and they're from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Like, That's the only team these- they have in the whole state. No, they have Milwaukee, they have the Brewers, uh they have the, well, you, in the whole city I meant. Um The St. Louis Cardinals, like these are teams that have oh, By the way, that's we, where
0: that's where right. I want um the next NHL expansion team to be in
1: Milwaukee, by the way. Well Seattle's getting one. That's a great city for uh an expansion for any sport to me. Not for hockey. Um Oh yeah, you're right next to Vancouver. You play all the uh, California teams. It gives like that... Yeah, oh, yeah. Like I think Milwaukee
0: team. would be a better spot. Or a, Green Bay, like a team in Green Bay in the, nor- in the north. Uh, oh, yeah, Wisconsin in the is like very
1: hockey heavy. I don't know why they haven't really thought about Wisconsin. Nebraska. 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 Team? But those types of teams have good fan bases, in my opinion. Fan bases that roll with the punches. Like the Knicks and, and, and Mets, uh, the Knicks... Um, the Mets, teams that uh, the Jets, like I feel like they just wear a chip on their shoulder whether good or bad things happen, and they claim themselves to be like a team that supports a bad team doesn't necessarily pummel them into the ground for everything they do. You know what I'm trying to say? Like there have been years when the Cardinals haven't made the playoffs, they're still selling out. You know. I just I just think once the Knicks
0: once the Knicks become relevant, I'm telling you they will be the most unbearable fan base in all sports. It it's hard for a Nick fan to to say anything positive about their team to another sport to another team's fan, right? Like nothing has gone right ever. But that one time, the one time it does, I'm telling you, there will be five million more people like me annoying the shit out of other fans because. Oh well, yeah, I'm not saying they don't have a big fan. Base. It's a starved fan base. It's a loyal fan base. It's a fan base. It's it's a. It's a Electric building, and I, I know the the Rangers share a building. The Garden is not the same for a hockey game as it is for for an electric basketball game. Like the Knicks make a make a big run and beat the Miami Heat randomly two weeks ago. The Garden is on fire for no reason at all. I've been to years. I've been
1: to Ranger playoff games. Playoff games. building is rock
0: Playoff up. games. The, the The Rangers come back from a two goal deficit in a regular season game. Everyone's going to sleep the same way they went. They woke. The Knicks get a weird win against the Lakers last night. Well, because it's reason. so unexpected. It's like, no, just it's, hit lottery. The, the, the fans are just hungrier for good basketball in New York than they are for anything else, and they just have been starved of good basketball for so long that when it finally comes, it will be glorious. I'm not... I well, mean, picture I'll be, this, I'll be, too. I'll, be, I'll be 75.
1: I'll be in a in a, sh- in a walker by the time they're good again. Picture this, though. The Nets don't have a fan base that is... Uh, Equivalent to what a New York team should have. And the Islanders have more fans than them. And they're from By Long the Island. By the way, th- this just so Kyrie gonna, Irving is going to play basketball tonight. Oh, so no one cares. Yeah, though. there you go. But um, the Knicks have had the advantage of being the only basketball team in New York for their whole existence, pretty much. So you really can't compare it to, well, because the Mets have a good fan. They are oh, very... Uh, Deep fan base. I the Yankees have a deep fan base, obviously. The sport itself. The Giants and the Jets are split. The Rangers and the Islanders, I, I still give the edge to the Rangers by a lot. But still, kind of split. The Knicks have never had that competitor. So, by default, yeah, no, no you know, New York, I Knicks get that. Are- but it's just like the
0: desire and the hunger for them to be good is greater than any other team I, I sense in New York.
1: Oh yeah, basketball is like a, a cultural thing in New York too. Like yes. there's basketball courts on every, yeah, in every neighborhood in all five boroughs. So, yeah. I think it's more of a, a something that people grow up interested in, just because you don't even have to have played organized basketball. You, there is one hundred percent every kid in New York City yeah. has played on a public park basketball court, and naturally, you're gonna be gravitating to. You're a professional team. So I think, yes, in that sense, there are a lot of basketball fans in New York. But as far as the Knicks like, having the best fan base in all of sports, I think that that's a little far from I, I will
0: I'm willing to argue that. Uh, at me on Twitter and argue that with me. I would love to, to sit down and discuss that with anybody who's willing to listen. Because as somebody who watches every single Nick game for no reason whatsoever, the juice is going to be worth the squeeze. That's all I'm saying. Just wait. Just wait it out till I'm 75. That's when they'll be good. When I probably get diagnosed with some terminal illness, that's when I'll find out that they're gonna go to the championship or something like that. That's that's gonna that's gonna be the the turn of events in, 19, in 2075, hopefully. But anyway, um, as far as the actual team goes, really fast wrapping up. RJ Barrett's hurt, so that's brutal. Mitchell Robinson can't stay on the floor. He's always in foul trouble. But I do think he's a huge, huge weapon to use over the next couple years. Um, Marcus Morris Sr. has been great. Like, I I tweeted this out yesterday. It's actually insane to watch this guy play. And he just never misses. Like, he does not miss a three-pointer. He doesn't miss open shots. He's been great. If they can't get a first-round draft pick for him, then I think another regime needs to come in, fire another GM, and whatever. Do whatever you got to do because this guy's deserving of a first-round pick, a late first-round pick, whatever, but a first-round pick nonetheless. Like, the guy's getting, like, 20 a game. He's shooting 54% from three-point range or some, something ridiculous like that. He was the only good... Him and Alfred Payton were two good signings, two decent signings considering the situation the Knicks had. The other two, Randall and Portis, are just so hard to watch. And Gibson. They're so yeah, well, hard Randall's to watch. Randall's still what? 25? He's 24, 25. I mean, but it's just, it's not necessarily the thing about Randall that's frustrating is like the talent is there, but he just looks like he, the lights are on in nobody's home. Like when he makes a mistake, he looks like a, he looks confused as to how he made the mistake every single time. Like he looks shocked. He he just doesn't look like a smart basketball player. Bobby Portis is awful. He's horrific. Taj Gibson is stealing checks like he should be on an NBA roster. So that's the Knicks. Um, I've already started to look at draft uh, mocks for next year. <laughs> and that's the good thing about this
1: You could lock the Knicks into a, top well, that's the thing. a year. That's
0: the, the thing about the beauty about being a Knicks fan now is at least um, they're going to be bad but they're going to hold on to their first round picks. And eventually if you do that enough in the NBA you'll find your way out of, out of the doldrums. Um, as long as you can hold on to those first round picks and not try to trade them for some bullshit player, Andrea Bargnani or something like that. So the Knicks are dead. Talk to me in June. Talk to me in June when, uh, when the draft comes around, I'll have a lot of takes then. But other than that, Anything else you want, Yodis? Know, good return episode. We got some things off our chest. Got back in the swing of things. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for baseball
1: season. It's right around the corner. Man is ready for spring training. This already. is uh and, and when all of your teams are pretty much horrendous like in the winter. Well you're a Phillies fan, so you pretty much have nothing to look forward to anyway. Well no, I mean you want you really want to talk about teams that have like underachieved. The Phillies are one of them and they make big signs. I don't so. believe that though, because the Phillies have had a shit rotation
0: for years now. Well, no, I'm not since, even just talking about since, one aspect of the team. Well, right? it's a
1: huge part of the team. When you have a, a, the spending money that the Phillies have, and they went out and they did the damn thing. And when did they, they ever? Make they playoffs. haven't
0: had relevant pitching since since Roy Halladay and Cliff Lee. I think one of those guys is in a, in a coffin right now, and the other one he is also in the Hall of Fame. Motherfucker, and the
1: other one, and the other one just missed out on the Hall of Fame, right? So well, no, oh. Cliff Lee's not a Hall of Fame. Stop. But still, okay. he's on the ballot. Yeah, well, uh, J.J. Putz is on the ballot. Sean Figgins is yeah, on the ballot. I mean, me and you were on the ballot. But um, still, uh, quickly uh, speaking of the ballot, the one voter that didn't vote for Derek Jeter, and and I'm not, I'm not advocating that Jeter is what some Yankee fans think he is, but he's a he's a unanimous Hall of Famer. Let's stop. Let's I mean, stop. I'm of the ilk of you're either unanimous or you're not. Well, yeah, I've said this and I've said this many times. That if you have to even contemplate, if you have to say, let me go look at the numbers. Like, if I said, Kelly, do you think Lou Gehrig is a Hall of Fame? Mm-hmm. You don't even have to. Yes. No, of course. 100%. Ken, Ken Griffey Jr. Jr. Yes. Yes. 100%. Willie Mays. Yes. Tom Seaver. Yes. Tom Seaver. So, if you have to, and the whole, we're speaking of the Hall of Fame, right, the, the pinnacle like you've reached
0: the middle And, top and, of and Let's sport. be honest. Baseball is the only sport that actually tries to make their Hall of Fame exclusive these days. It's but the only like, one. But is my, it
1: not? My, my, my whole take on that on the Hall of Fame is: you don't need to induct somebody every year. Like you don't need to just have a ceremony. That's for the thing same they, do. they They think the they do, though. They they need they need that press. Like they need that publicity. Uh, what's his name? Harold Baines is is. That's a joke. Is a Hall of Famer. He's in the same building. As willing Mays. There's a bunch when of I guys. Bay roof. There's a
0: bunch of guys though that I can sit down and miss. absolutely. But that's what like I'm saying. Like Craig, like Craig Biggio. Good player. You look at his numbers. Everyone would be like, "Oh, the guy's a Hall of Famer. He's got X amount of hits." The guy's not a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry, he was never a top twenty player in, in the major leagues when he was in the league. He never was. No, I know. Not once.
1: That's that's a separate argument. He like, wasn't
0: even top three on his own
1: team. But yeah, like these fringe guys that you have, like Larry Walker got in by like. 1%, right? He's like, he was like 76%. Larry wow. Walker is a Hall of Famer. Like, come like, on. Uh, it's come to, on. To me, like, is that the his first not-
0: Rocky Hall of Famer?
1: Uh, that, yes, be, I think so. That might be part of the uh, the even yeah. so, though. Even so, Todd Helton's he his wife right now. If you're not, if you can walk up to a voter. Father- Or anybody that watches baseball and you say, is this guy a Hall of Famer? And they have to go on Baseball Reference to look at his numbers. He's not a Hall of Famer. Sorry. There shouldn't be plateaus that you have to reach. Adam Dunn almost has 500 home runs. It's bullshit. Would he have been a Hall of Famer? It's also bullshit because it makes
0: guys, like, guys will just stick around and play till they're 40 just to compile these numbers. When in reality, I think it makes more... It says more when you play 10 great seasons and retire.
1: Like, I I play...
0: Like, do you think, like... So, Ichiro's going to retire with a shit ton of hits, right? But if he retired after his peak, is he not a Hall of Famer? Because he didn't reach the, the quotas that oh, they said? Oh, yeah, 100% set? he's a Hall of Famer. If he, played eight, my, if he played his first eight
1: seasons and retired after that, is, is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. So, my, my thing is, you have to take a five to seven year stretch. Even You can go up to ten, but there's not many players that were elite for ten years. If you were the best at what you did... At your position for five to seven years, like that's an absolute best. starter. That's like, yeah, like we're talking if Christian Yelich has another three or four years like this, he's a Hall of Famer if he retires the day after his last uh four years. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, like, I do. That that cannot be over. You can't be considered one of the greatest of all time if
0: you were not considered the greatest of your era.
1: Yeah, like compiling is another thing, that's longevity. That's and, not and, basically, and here's the thing and going
0: back to Jeter. Obviously, me and you—it's indisputable that the guy's a Hall of Famer, right? I mean, his career as a whole—he might have had the best
1: career of any Major League Baseball player of, all of time. any shortstop, for sure. Yeah, like the that's... championships, the captain of the New York Yankees. Go back and look at the position. The guy
0: might be the best shortstop of all time. Like he—if you're drafting an all. Uh... He, he might
1: be. You think he's better than Cal Ripken Jr.? Yes, I do.
0: Really? Yes, I do. Cal Ripken Jr. is the most gas player of all time. No. Cal stop.
1: Ripken Jr. only gets credit for the streak because he went out there and Dude, beat. Dude, he was with a Derrick great Schreiber. hitter. He wasn't. Was he was a great hitter. He was not as good as Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter was a different type of hitter. It Doesn't mean that they're both not equal Cal like Ripken was hitters. not necessarily a power hitter. Yes, he was for a shortstop. Yes, he one hundred percent
0: was Cal Ripken. I'm looking up the numbers. Go ahead. I mean, his career high—he had one season over 30 home runs. Okay, for a shortstop back mid, in the day. The rest are mid 20s. He's a career 276 hitter. That's four. That's like th- 30
1: points below there. How job. many career home runs? Four thirty one. Oh, uh, for a shortstop. He
0: played more games than anybody ever in a row. But
1: but that's him, but that's not his fault that he had longevity. No, yeah, but that, thats my point. Away. That's my point. I'm not going. Derek to... Jeter on longevity, long, long, too. Yeah, but Derek
0: Jeter is still finished his career hitting over 300. Like that, that his skill set didn't di- didn't diminish over a year over the over the time. But why is Mike
1: Piazza in the Hall of Fame? Because he's the best hitting catcher of all time, correct? Yes. Not because he's he wouldn't even be considered for the best hitter of all time. He wouldn't even be top 25, top 30. Mike Piazza, Cal Ripken for a shortstop back then. To be that uh, that type of power bat, I mean, totally different. It's not even. You have to take. It's not even close. You have to take, it's it's not not have to, have to take the the um, the era they played in and correlate it to their numbers. Also, that plays a part. Cowperton Junior. I would take one hundred percent over. I would Jr. not. I think you're on drugs for this. Nah, I think I I would. think that's absolutely incredible. I
0: know we have a lot of Yankee fans listening, so I don't know how much I could take your word for it. But try to come at me with, come at me, come at Yodis. With actual facts as to why Derek Jeter is better than Cal Ripken. because I don't even need to entertain this. To be honest with you, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Cal Ripken Jr. was the most overhyped player oh ever, my God. and he played oh. every single day. But there's that was, something that speaks to that. That's not like a, a knock on your resume. It's not a knock, but it, that is the reason everyone
1: holds him in this high, this high regard. Like, dude, like, he like was a one of the best hitting shortstops ever. He's not even better than Jeter. Oh my God! You're going based on something totally different. What bro. do you mean? No, the guy different uh, different types of hitters. Derek Jeter is not the same hitter. You're acting like Kyle Ripken Jr. was out
0: there hitting forty bombs a season. Jeter has home runs in the twenties. That's what Ripken's whole career is 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 around. He had one season of thirty. Derek Jeter home runs. had like three
1: seasons of twenty home runs. Kyle sure. Ripken Jr. had like five, six. But Kelly, the total difference between. Cal Ripken and Jeter is that they were completely different hitters. You cannot compare apples and oranges. Are you comparing Ichiro to Ken Griffey? Totally different hitters. I don't think it's that big. You of can't a say difference. it's one not, not that big, big of a
0: difference. It's not that big of a difference. Well, it's when it big.
1: comes to three thousand hits, Jeter has what? Jeter has thirty-four. Ripken has thirty-one. Okay, so that's not yeah exactly. So they're even
0: closer. Jeter, Jeter career, they're even closer.
1: Jeter's a career three ten hitter. Ripken, career two seventy six. But if you judge based on on average, then you have to totally. No one now is going to be a Hall of Famer except Mike Trout. Do you want to go on uh, base percentage? Okay.
0: Jeter's three seventy seven career. Ripken Jr.
1: We got dead air like Francesa. Three forty. Okay, slugging. There's no way. There's but, no okay, way. Okay, yeah. OPS. Go by OPS. With a thirty point. Ripkin seven eighty eight.
0: Okay. Jeter, OPS is 817. That's ridiculous. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, been, yeah. he played. No, yo, no. you're not. You're really not. No, no, no. You're not getting all, right, on. all right, all right, all so right. We're we're gonna end on this. I want people to come out. Don't be biased. Give honest facts. Talk to me. Do you actually think Kyle Rickin Jr. was a better shortstop than Derek Jeter? Because I think it's not even close. It's not even close. The guy didn't have the impact on the game. I'm not even going to get into the clutch stats because I don't think the Orioles... I'm not talking about impact on the game. I already
1: said Derek Jeter... All right, well, Jeter was a
0: better shortstop overall. Hitting, fielding, just a better player. The all-time best shortstop. In our era, or as long as I've been alive, is Derek Cheater.
1: It's not okay. well, well. If you're talking our era, Cal Ripken really wasn't our era, so yeah, on that basis. I, I mean, he was playing. When we and were I would alive. even say Alex Rodriguez was a better shortstop. Eh, he doesn't
0: count. We know that. Number one, he cheated. Number two, he played third base most of his career.
1: So you don't think Bonds and Clemens should be in Hall of Fame? I do. I
0: think Bonds should be. I don't know about Clemens. I think Bonds might own, might be my exception. Like he might be the only exception I give out for steroids. Clemens.
1: But him and Clemens were like. Icons, literal icons. Bonds to me. We're not
0: talking about Rafael Palmeiras. Clemens, Clemens was great. I, my, he might have just been before my time to, for me to really appreciate how good he was. Clemens was
1: unbelievable. I
0: know he was great. His he whole
1: career. He wasn't.
0: He wasn't like Bonds is undoubtedly the most dominant offensive player I've ever played play the
1: game. Yeah, Him Clemens is-, is
0: not. Clemens is not in that. In that category. We're not
1: talking about Mark McGuire,
0: okay? No. We're talking about Barry, Barry Bonds, and Bonds, and Bonds. Barry Bonds would see one pitch every series, every three games, and he would hit it out of the ballpark. The, key, the guy was getting walked every at-bat. Clemens, okay, fine. He was great, but I don't think he was nearly as dominant. And the only reason I'm putting Bonds in there is because just because of how scary he was at the plate. Like The guy would see one pitch, literally one pitch, a whole game, and he would hit it out. It was it was remarkable, but I want to hear about this Rick Energy. I want I want to have this discussion. We'll bring this up next time on the pod, and we'll see what the people think. Uh, anything else you want to add before we sign off?
1: Uh, no, I think this is a pretty full episode. I, I, I like I said, baseball can't come soon enough. Enjoy the Especially Super Bowl, for Ho- New York team.
0: Hopefully uh, we get you a pod next week. Uh, I, we plan on it. You never know. We're not gonna make any promises anymore here. We can't. We're, we're two grown men here. We have we have adult things to do. We, we don't have time. To produce free content for you, for you fucking for yeah, none world. of you motherfuckers are putting money on I'm waiting for the sponsor. Um, if you have any ideas, let me know.
1: At the end of the day, another episode of the Open tap Podcast in the books. See you guys next time.